welcome back into the Irish NFL Show podcast special in the build-up to the free agency period that's going to start next week. We decided to have a Chargers fan on the show, Daniel Ossie from Matchbook Betting Exchange. Daniel, the last time we had you on, I think it was near the Super Bowl about two years ago. You've been a busy boy, obviously you've moved roles since we last spoke. You're now working on Matchbet. Matchbet, great to have you on the show. Yeah, no, thanks a lot for having me, Brian. It's uh, It's been a long road since then. I was coming on. I came on purely just to give out about the charges for 10, 15 minute segment, but thoroughly enjoyed uh, the ranting, felt a lot better afterwards. And uh, I'm hoping similar today now might just keep me going for the rest of the off season because it's a long old off season in the NFL. Oh, very much so. Yeah. It's a busy period for us to show. We're going to have live shows next week, obviously covering the free agency signings, but you're going to, you get a couple of weeks and a couple of nuggets of information and you run with it. And it's like, you've got those few weeks, you got the draft and then essentially we are really gone till you know maybe pre-season so it's good to have you on it's good to talk charges we'll get to that in a minute I'm going to start with another love of yours and it's horse racing and I'm Cheltenham next week and look I've been to Cheltenham many a time um, and I said to Colin when we were in Arizona for the Super Bowl last last month and I described it on our live show at the stage when the Saturday um, Radio Row is like the Cheltenham of the NFL like anybody who's gone to Cheltenham and experienced the chaos that is Cheltenham and and the, it was just it's it's weird because Colin was like how can you compare a, a horse racing bet event to a radio row but it just sort of felt like you're in this like the various of like the convention centre in the RDS and essentially everybody's there doing podcasts and you go to Cheltenham and essentially everybody's there betting on horse racing and giving their opinions on horses and some people are right some people are wrong some people think they know it all some people know very little you're probably in the middle I'd say <laughs> but uh, it's yeah. a big week for you personally Oh, it's it's the biggest week of the year. Um, it's funny you say that, like going to Cheltenham and how big it. You don't realize how big it is till you're there. Um, pre 2015, I was big into Cheltenham. Don't get me wrong; like it was the highlight of my week. And at UCD, the college I was in studying, did a Cheltenham trip um, every year. So I was like happy days myself and my mate went along because at the time none of my mates were into horse racing. So I managed to drag one of the, my guy teammates, who I'm good friends with as well, and I cannot describing words that the feed and I got so I, I, it was 2015 day one which we all know is probably the most dramatic day in Chatham of all time so this was probably a, a probably an overload of emotions on this day but I walked in because we got there so early because of UCD I walked in 11am and I walked around the track and with my mouth open how huge it was how the atmosphere in the place two and a half hours before the race and just the feeling of you're in this massive stadium and coliseum that has been around for 100 years and you take all that right and the talk before it as you would probably know the witty mullins four-timer duan on the so uh, any pair in the mares and before that faheen in the champion and so everyone had this accumulator running so off we went i was like oh, duvan was the least of the four i was like will i back duvan so i had the aka and on the on the just before the off i backed duvan in because i had cash so back duvan duvan won put most of that on the under so under so one and then faheen won so we're, we're all up uh, as a as a group or as the whole place but I cannot describe the emotions. And uh, T.G. Carrot just did a documentary there yesterday uh, for anyone who wants to watch it, um, basically talking about the Annie Power Fall. And she's coming up to the last. And this would have, this, I think the estimated figure is 50 million for the bookmakers. It could have been more, it could have been less than that. But felt a lot more to most of us there as poor students. And we had serious accumulators running up to her. And the the place was just a buzz, a buzz. As she, she's going to win, like, and she just falls. It's just like, I'm fired. Yes, and you were there for it. Oh, I, was, I was at that one myself, and you know what you've described there. You might as well roll 
I'm in my mid forties. So where are we going back? We're going back no eight years ago. So eight years, yeah. it doesn't matter what age group we're you know what uh, age demographic or what what your background was. Majority of the people that day had the exact same setup you just it described. I backed each one individually, and I was on the four timer. And you're coming to the last, and he's seven or eight lengths clear. Ruby, I don't. Know, we're supposed to talk about NFL. But we have to. I know. I know. <laughs> But yeah, Ruby Blaine was, was it the sun, the sunlight and yeah, well, the horse, yeah. yeah. Most most people do. I don't think Ruby's ever officially come out and said that was the reason, but I think Davey Russell and a few others have said it. And you can see in the overhead, they would probably avoid that hurdle nowadays because of the shadow and it's just a bit dangerous to the horse, it's my jungle. But uh, yeah, that was my first experience and you could hear a pin drop. I've never, I, I, I was nearly close to tears just with the emotion and all and a few drinks on board. Not because of the bet, but more of the stuff because I'm a massive, always been and always will be like i love betting but i've always sports first and sports man first and we'll get into nfl and how we got into it but that that feeling of sport i was like this is the most dramatic thing i've ever witnessed and it probably still is to this day but uh, it never like never quite reached the heights of that day one like it's always like 99 percent of that but i don't think anything will top that 2015 but long story short yeah i've been back four or five times because i work in the industry now it's very hard to get off for Cheltenham, considering it's matchbooks uh biggest year or biggest week so um that's a, a a constant battle with the bosses, but uh, now I love Cheltenham, love horse racing. But I watch you guys and all the content throughout for the Super Bowl, and uh, it just looks so much fun. It's, it's it, it, it going to a Super Bowl was on my bucket list, but now the week of the Super Bowl is also on my bucket list. Yeah, I am going to come to that now, but I want to close out by saying just on that particular day, the following race, and I can't can't recall the name of the horse, but he won eight to one, and I backed it with fifty euro, and then the month after. I was at Aintree and won for Arthur won the won the Grand National. If I'm yes, no, I'm pretty sure. Or that was sorry, that was two thousand. That might have been later. That was two thousand seventeen. Sorry, yeah. yeah. But anyway, I'm, th- those ones made up for what was <laughs> at this point day. But yeah, just just on the Super Bowl. So, like, you, you touched on Cheltenham there. You touched on going to sport events, and it, it really is hard to uh, explain and to people who haven't been having experience. Yeah, people kind of all focus on the game, but. Like it's like Cheltenham in a way that like you focus so much on on the horse racing and, and the, the race themselves and who's going to win the scenarios and how the game's going to play out, but the enormity of how what's all involved in terms of the week itself. Like I went on the Wednesday and Conor arrived on the Monday, and we were on radio road throughout that week and we had an opportunity to interview a lot of people from ESPN and NFL Network, people that we built up really good relationships with, and that's that's just part of the whole that's part of the whole thing and. If, Fortunately, we're media credited, so you get opportunities to go to NFL media events and stuff. And it just, what I kind of say, it's it's justified because you put so much time and effort from it from a podcast standpoint into it throughout the course of the season to be rewarded with an opportunity to coach for Super Bowl. And then come the Super Bowl itself, and come Saturday evening, you kind of feel like you, you need to unwind and relax because we've done all the radio row, we've done the live show at the stage, and then it says, oh, oh now tomorrow's the actual reason why we're here in the first yeah. place, which is the Super Bowl. But uh, you know, I can't explain it. it. It's hard to describe any like for anybody who loves NFL and has a a poker list of sporting events. They want to find a way to be a how to get there without being in the world that we're in is difficult because financially it's it's such taxing on anyone's bank account to try to get a ticket for a Super Bowl. Yeah, it's it's like you said. Like the thing we compare it obviously in Ireland is the All Ireland Finals and you know how hard that can be at times to get a ticket even though 82,000 in the population of 4 million compared to 300 million in America and 70 to 90,000 or whatever depending on the year so and again 
and I knew it was bigger and it was way bigger and better than the All Ireland. And someone, I think someone gave me the stats, and I've been following a lot longer than this. And they said, "Oh, eight grand is the cheapest ticket for Super Bus. It has to has to be a little bit cheaper than that." Show me, show me that. And it, that was the eight thousand dollars. I think it could be more, it could be less. That was just the figure I was given. And it's not even the money though, like you said, Brian. It's the demand for it, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's floating around again and again. It varies from who's in the Super Bowl from one year to the next. Like last year, in the end, on the day itself. Obviously, like you know yourself, all these various different websites you can get tickets from. Um, they were arranging around three grand euro on the day the Eagles Chiefs came. But last year, when we were in SoFi and LA, they were averaging on the day about four thousand. And that the demands last year probably exceeds because the Bengals are such a great fan base, and obviously this is their first time to suit Buffer. No, no, no. But you could say the same about the Eagles. Um, look, we'll get into NFL. There was I'm going to kick off it. Lamar Jackson. Uh, we touched yeah. we just touched briefly on it before we started recording. Um, it's been a long time, and people were last night were going to the history books. It's a long time since we saw a player who, like, there's two tags essentially. For people who don't understand the the franchise tag, you can have the exclusive tag where basically you can't go anywhere, and essentially you're locked up and you receive the the salary of the top five players, the average of the top five players in that position, or you get the non-exclusive, which allows you to go out and negotiate a deal, bring that deal back to the team that you're playing with. They can match it. If you don't match it. You're rewarded with two first round picks by the team. And there is a few players this week that have had that tag, but ultimately Lamar Jackson is probably the key player out there. One, I still can't get me out of where we're at with this because it's a year on, and we've discussed this so many times in the podcast, and we've had various different opinions that the Deshaun Watson contract last year, which was fully guaranteed in the reason of 250 million changed the landscape, I think. The Ravens owner last year was the only one that really came out and was really vocal about it and said, I really don't like this contract and obviously everybody understood why because he knew he puts him, himself in a difficult position barring with Lamar Jackson who doesn't have an agent and now it's come out again that the Ravens have tried to take out an insurance policy on him and he's saying you're taking an insurance policy on me Brendan when I'm the guy who's been getting injured time and time again I should be even more rewarded for what I put my body through yours I think I've summed up so much there what's yeah. your thoughts on the whole situation it's crazy yeah, well, the first one to pick up is the agent thing, um, which is, like, I've seen a lot of articles, like, now now is the time Lamar needs a, an agent more than ever. Um, trying to think of, like, soccer comparison, like, I, I guess Harry Kane is essentially without an agent because he only has his brother, and he's doing a terrible job negotiating with him with Spurs, so. But on Lamar, like, um, to be honest with you, I'm a Chargers fan, and I've always just really loved the Chargers, but watching him with the Ravens a couple of years ago in particular, when he first burst onto the scene, was something I'd never watched before in the NFL, or at least the way he could do two jobs at once the way he was running back the way he was quarterback and yeah and I know look the last couple of seasons have been tough for him at times but um, I just he has produced those big performances and I and I look at it now and I go how there are so many teams that could do with a Lamar Jackson like you hear you re, see a lot of rubbish on social media again over the last couple of weeks saying oh a lot of teams are going away from a, a quarterback that can't throw and can run the ball but like Lamar could do both and that's the whole point of it so Look, I, I just picked up that watching over the last couple of weeks how no team seems to be in for Lamar Jackson. And you could list off the five or six teams that could do with him. And he's just, uh, he's, to me, he's one of those, he's just below those elite quarterbacks. Like, he's never going to be, you know, a Joe Burrow and Pat, Pat Mahomes. I'd even throw our own Justin Herbert in, in there or at least very close to that in the mix. But he's that level below that. But it, given the right uh, framework to work around, I definitely think he could potentially push through that or at least get a team far and deep in the playoff run so um, I'm just fascinated how it all plays out because right now as we we're talking what in the start of March it doesn't seem that any team's going out of their way to try and get him which is uh, to me 
crazy like looking outside from the outside looking in on it like you know yeah you only hit the name the head there like when it came out this week that they were going to go down this route in terms of tagging him and giving him the opportunity to speak to other teams that and again it is you know you touch the social media so it's hard to really know what's what to believe yeah. and what not to believe but like you get the the NFL insiders and the ESPN insiders and they're immediately coming out with oh we've had sources from various teams who are distancing themselves from any um because again, like the likes of the Carolina Pants, the Falcons, teams who would be quarterbacks that are, were all looking from the outside looking in, you say, yeah, that makes more sense because the way they play their offense and stuff that he'd be in there. But yeah, people aren't willing to. It's not just a case of taking them and giving up to the picks. It's the case of this contract. And like nobody really fully understands. And you've, hit, you, you've referred to it to Hardy Kane, and it's probably the case in point this side of the world that like for Kane will probably move on this summer. And in FP, it looks like way because of that situation. But what do you what do you if he had got the contract with that he aspired to the awards? Lamar Jackson yeah. be a raider for not for life because you never know in the NFL world, but like essentially locked in for the, the best years of his career. But I wonder as it seems that we love watching him as a fan and we love and you've you've said about the fact that he can be sensed to be a running back and a quarterback, but and it, the NFL has evolved and changed over the last five or six years where it's not so much like you look at Jalen Hurts in the Super Bowl and he's scoring three touchdowns, you know, he's that like this is what we're used to now as opposed to you going up in an era where cornerback says he dropped back through the ball and that was their responsibility to, to read, the, read the play but our team's going to put off slightly because he's so expansive in terms of how much he wants to, he's just going to get injured so much and are they willing to put so much money down on a player that could be injured for half the season yeah it's, it's finding that balance isn't it I, I can't remember the Sunday Night Football or Monday Night Football he maybe have only had just burst on the scene or maybe it was one of his first proper big primetime games and I said I'd watch the start of it and go to bed and they were, they were, it was a game I didn't really have too much of an interest in. And I think I stayed up for near, most of it, to be honest, by the end, because I was just amazed at what he was doing. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like Jalen Hurts, yeah, he, he really gets the, I backed him any time, touchdown in the Super Bowl, like a surety, sure he ends up getting three. And you feel like she's left a bit after me there, didn't I? Like, but um, I, I just think, it, look, and again, like you said, it's it's new and it's early in the, in the, the off season that maybe come in a couple of months, people, they might, they might reach a deal and he will be able to get a team. I'll be fascinating how it all plays out though because like I said, he is one of those quarterbacks that you could do so much. Like if you're setting up a team or like you want to, like you have aspirations of winning the Super Bowl in say two or three years time. Uh, Lamar Jackson, like the, the things you can do on offense, but maybe it is like you touched on the bit of, um, a bit of like going for it all the time and not looking, you have to look after yourself as a quarterback. We've seen it so many times, like you've got to slide and maybe lose that three or four yards each play. And yes, that might cost you a play, but in the long run, you're going to keep that longevity of your career a lot. So, yeah, it, it is it is interesting. It's like, it's just, you, you've been on Twitter last couple of, couple of nights anyway, Brian. There, there's fights going on left, right and centre on Lamar Jackson. You know, the, when you see a tweet of 300 like, likes and 150 replies, you know, shit's going down here. Like, <laughs> let's have a look at what's going on here. But um, I, I think I think people need to go for them. Like, yeah, Twitter's like, a, like a, if, you, if, you, if you're away from your fall over two hours with self yeah. and then you come back on it and in the NFL world in particular like and nighttime capital if you step away for an hour or two you're not picking up the stuff and you come back to to wildfire. Um wildfire in LA at the end of the season and this is the reason why why I watch this on the show because um over the past few weeks we've been reflecting on different teams as we lead up to what teams are gonna do in free agency and it's it. Like I supported Giants we made the playoffs, we lost, we won one playoff game, we lost in the second round of the playoffs to the team that eventually Nearly won the Super Bowl. So, whilst you're disappointed, you step away and you recognise what a good season. For a Chargers fan, 
it's for me it would it would feel very 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 different because in a playoff game where you're up by twenty seven points and to to do and look people will you know give the just rewards to Trevor Lawrence and the Giants like you can't help but say that's a game that was completely blown. I mean everybody still harps back to the Falcons and that massive loss against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. We're not far off that type of America. I know it's not a Super Bowl, but it's still a playoff game. Yeah, it was to us, Brian. <laughs> the Chargers fans, like, yeah. Yeah, no. how, how, how do you put that into words, Daniel? I'll give you your best shot on it now. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I thought I haven't really. I, the, 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 the day, so I think it was a Saturday, it was Saturday night football, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So on the Sunday, so I'll give you a right side. Um, nothing major on Sunday, but I had something enough that I had to be up early for. But I was committing to watching the, the full game live because. I know, look, and I've done watching YouTube videos but for playoffs, like Chargers, not, Chargers don't get into the playoffs every year. So when we're in the playoffs, we, we concentrate and give it the full whack here in Ireland. So sat there. I had a small interest bet as well at Chargers minus two and a half, just to really, you know, I'm one of those fans. I don't I don't hedge. I go the opposite way. And and I'm not taking the pace here. At 27 now, kind of falling asleep and watching in my room, I said, you know what, I'll just doze off. It wasn't more, it was more a subconscious thing and fantasy. I woke up, started watching the highlights on YouTube, and uh, it was more like, gee, I, I was genuinely going, well, we're not really running the clock down here as much as we should be, but it'd be grand, I guess, we're really going for it here. And all of a sudden, they, I think we got a field goal, yeah, so it was 30, um, so it, it would have been 30, 29 before they got the winning score, whatever way whatever it worked out, but I just remember they got the last touchdown um, on Jags, I remember thinking, well, that's me two and a half done, because they're going for a two-pointer here, this is a disaster, and then they get the two-pointer, and I go, uh, this is a, uh, this is it. This is the, the we're out. <laughs> I would still have a seat, go down to the kitchen and go, Chargers lost, lads. And it's just, just nobody seemed to care too much in my head. It's like, why are their bets? But um, it's just classic Chargers. It's, it's as, as, so we do the match with betting podcast with Rob Azola, Suma, and Drew. And as Rob, as Rob said to me on, on the, that following Thursday, he goes, Who'd have thought the Chargers would blow it to 27 nil? And I go, Yeah, that's fair enough. But, as better as you get to choose who you back. Unfortunately, as a Chargers fan, I'm there to the bitter end. And uh, I, I look, I'll get into how I ended up supporting the Chargers, but they've just given me nothing but heartache. And my other two teams, Dublin GA and Arsenal, Arsenal getting their act together this year. I was at the game on Saturday. The Dubs have got their act together for years. Uh, I'm just hoping it'll be the Chargers of years because I can't really keep watching NFL every year. The Chargers are going to just break my heart. Like, you know what I mean? Is it tough ask for the hardened NFL fan when your team is having a difficult time and the Chargers have had some difficult years and look they're one like they made some changes we're not going to get too into the, the coaching changes obviously they've, they've fired the offensive coordinator in the back of them which I felt was a bit of a an easy target yeah. because like Brandon State the head coach for me has done so many poor teams during the season and it goes to me probably doesn't cost the team necessarily because they wouldn't they get the playoffs and realistically they're probably still a, the team a little bit short winning the division but with the head coach for me that was a, like an easy target. Take the offensive coordinator out, replace him. Um, the head coach doesn't see walk back on the Monday and puts a very for me a very mundane kind of press conference. Oh yeah, yeah, look, we'll we'll look at teams, we'll make changes. Like you just you just blew it twenty seven in the lead and you know, people say the owners are cheap and they don't want to like, yeah, right. Sean Payton was out there, Broncos took him it's on twenty million a year. Chargers owners are happy just to play the game and not pay out. It's um, it was a cop out, wasn't it? And it was just how quickly it was done that we're not going to we're going to sandwich day. We're going to fire like left, left, right, and center around them, and we'll we'll just put the blame on there. I was surprised at a, how quick a decision. Like it, we touched on how long the off season in the NFL take your time with a, a call like this, but they kind of just said 
um, you, you mentioned the owners and how cheap they are and I'd say they just wanted to take the flack off them in some degree and if they were going to fire Staley they'd fire somebody to get take the fall for it but it's actually not good enough to lose a 27 nil lead in the NFL I'm, I'm a firm believer in that and I was only I was I was half joking half serious watching the YouTube video back and even in those YouTube highlights you can see the clock there was still 10 seconds left on a lot of plays 8 seconds left on a lot of plays we're 27 nil up here we're 27-7 up here we're 27-14 up here were 30 well it was a 21 whatever way the score worked out and there was still not running down the clock and like for someone like me to just jump onto a youtube video and not know the results by the way obviously and still think we weren't running the clock down let alone a whole game when you're watching it right in front of you so i never actually watched the full game i've just done the youtube videos obviously but yeah, so it's just it's they're, they're just basic stuff of the nfl like that's just a team like the Chargers would have done they would have won the next game and i'd have given them half a squeak of having a, a serious playoff run but now they, they get knocked out with the jack yeah, so you're you're referring to the play clock there because um, you're right. Like you obviously with teams, with teams experience teams with coaching that if we're in a position where we're a comfortable lead, you you sense you drive that play clock down to two or three seconds before you snap the ball, and then you go yeah. again and you just continue to wind the clock leading them. And they were doing that. It was for me. It was like we this game is so up. We have it. You know we don't need to be eating the clock. Then all of a sudden, gradually is the score. And it's like anything. Like a, it's like a mental thing. All of a sudden, it's like. Oh, they've had seven. Oh, they've had another touchdown. Okay, yeah. now we're getting a little bit. It's getting squeaky bone time. And then before you know it, you're into the fourth quarter and there's only one score between. And you're now in touchdowns. Like, I think in that game, if I recall correctly, the Jags scored two touchdowns very quickly. Like they got well, a really long drive. But then when they got the ball, they got the quick three and out. The next touchdown was like a 40, 50-yard throw from Lawrence and I think it was on the second down. So after, it was like as if within the case of three minutes of the game, there was 14 points put on the board. And yet there were still no. They're still not utilizing the clock. It just didn't make any sense. That's on the coach. People say, "Yeah, it's, it's on the coach." You you mentioned good coaching, Brian. I'd go even further and say it's just the basics and it's unforgivable stuff to not do that in the NFL. And maybe it's an NFL thing, and maybe in other sports because I grew up with them. Like NFL, I started watching around eighteen, so about nearly ten years watching the NFL. Where other sports, you know, you grow up with a sort of understanding of it. But I would look at some, not just the Chargers in general, some of the play calls from coaches, and I go, how, how is that being allowed to happen? How can you be so stupid and not run the clock down here? Or like we saw in the Super Bowl with the Chiefs, they 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 put the knee down or on the one yard line, and they essentially sum up the game. And now everyone's giving an out about it. And I go, I can't believe people, the teams haven't really, like I've seen teams do it before. Well, I've seen teams score a touchdown like that, and then they go up the other end. So I, you know, I don't understand the heat of the moment. So. Players, coaches, to say sometimes the understandings of the game. I look at it like, but Chargers take the biscuit with that, and you, yeah, the, the scores happen quickly. And my brain was working like that. Oh, it's it's set. We're twenty one up now. We're fourteen up, and then I kind of went, "Geez, I haven't won soon half. I better be careful here." Oh, it's level. Oh, Jesus, now what are we going to do in overtime? Oh, oh no, they're going for two. Oh no, my two and a half bet's gone. Oh no, the Chargers are, and it happens like that. Obviously, I didn't have time to pause the video because I'm like watching it live. I didn't have that two minutes to think. He was just, oh my god, after listening to bet. But also, the charges are gone now. And I would have given us a squeak in, in the playoff run because you mentioned how tough our division is, and it is every year. Like, being with the Chiefs is uh, it's heartbreaking stuff, I'm not going to lie. I, I, it is it is the the hardest team, isn't it? Like, I'm just trying to think, have a quick little run through the NFL. Yeah, you couldn't pick a worse team to be playing twice in your division means you'll always finish second 90% of the time, and then you're going to either be in a wild card weekend or whatever. So it's frustrating being a Chargers fan as you can probably tell I thought I was over the defeat until we went on here maybe after this podcast I will be but um, and, and look we're only talking about one game this season there's a countless other ones in previous years we can go through like the old Phil Rivers um, trick we used watching the Chargers was he always ran the clock down to 
one second like to throw and that'd be like right if you're betting charges game bet the under like but it would put you to sleep watching them live sometimes so i do like the exciting this exciting team in justin herbert and he is to me like just below burrow and mahomes and i think that's maybe just because what he's had to deal with i honestly feel if they back him he will be super but my my concern is they aren't backing him and they won't be backing him in two or three years he might have a decision to make and where to go but who knows but they brought in we're, we're, not, we're going to close it in a minute but um, they brought in Kenneth Moore who was the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys he's taken over and I did a podcast with the Cowboys beat writer earlier this week and I had a mixed opinion with Kenneth Moore because when we were, when we did our live show on Captain America people were asking who's at fault here is it Mike McCarthy with the Cowboys or is it the offensive coordinator I think on the coordinator got a different feel from the from the uh, the beat writer on the show this week from from the athletic to uh, John Michaud from who covers the Cowboys and He's got speaking very highly, so we'd be interested to see the dynamic of how him and Herbert. Like also, Herbert isn't the issue. I just said it's it, it's a bit of coaching and and like obviously the fact that you're in a, a strap a division, but look, this team still has a lot, lot to play for next season. Like and we're way off, and free agency next week will dictate where they are. Like and like trying to keep up with the Chiefs is very difficult because at the start of the season we're not about betting. Like I think the Chiefs were fourth in the betting line, terms of Super Bowl favorites, and yeah, like even Kelsey referred to in his in his. Speech after the game, you know, no one really gives a chance going into the season. And here we are with the Super Bowl, so they're not going to get stronger. Um, but you want to show out there how you became a Chargers fan because everybody has a story. We'll, we'll wrap up with this story. In, yeah, was, so I'm going to ask you about a tip for Chaplin for people. Yeah, we'll close out with we'll close the Chargers story for us before we yeah. So like yeah, like everything, it's it's your it's either birth or family related. Um, the Dubs are by birth, Arsenal are by my uncle, my uh. My mom and dad, dad weren't that into football, so my uncle grabbed me. You're an Arsenal fan, and then the Chargers. Obviously, I had to kind of pick it because NFL. Growing up in NFL, I don't know about you, I had very little exposure to it. I, I never, to be honest, I, I I just thought they were so long. I never got into it, and then it all just clicked one day once I had a team, and it it, it wasn't it wasn't like it was just a, a moment. It was just a sort of gradual process, and then once I saw red zone, I was hooked left, right, and center, and that's been that. Unfortunately, now it's yeah, I actually get really annoyed because I love golf to bits, but in those winter months, it's just all about. NFL Sundays and it kind of eats into Super Sunday sorry I'm rambling here but Super Sunday soccer like um, they finish at the 6.30 so I have a decision at 6 depending on the game when they catch the first half an hour of red zone I mean it is going to be on for the next 6.5 hours after so usually I, I kind of tune in after that usually my bets are in the bin by then though that's, either, that's, the, that's what you're dealing with but long story short my grand uncle is Irish he's actually a priest uh, believe it or not so my dad's uncle and he moved over to San Diego in the 50s or 60s I think to be to be a priest and over there and it was a, you're looked after a lot better than you are in Ireland like not that they're badly looked over it's all relative obviously but yeah and I visited him countless times in San Diego and it was just the obvious choice wasn't it San Diego Chargers and more so for my love of San Diego and like the anyone who hasn't been you have to get over there I've been over there three times and went over to 2015 actually saw a preseason game uh, against the Cowboys if anyone wants to dig it out it was one of the worst games of football um, I've ever seen like no I know preseason games are bad but this was like a low scoring 17-9 game or something but uh, just the whole experience of going to that game I guess and just the story of the Chargers they fell to me like the arsenal of the NFL they still do a tad as well I don't I haven't shaken that off and uh, like my grand uncle he would, he would always text me about the big games Mahomes when we're playing the Chiefs or whatever but uh, it's kind of me. It's up to me to sort of take it to the next level of my interest. But since I kind of got into red zone then as well, I've been hooked. But I've never wavered. There was one year. Sorry, when we we moved to LA, I was like, "This is it." And I was actually traveling. So I think that was 2017 because I was traveling at the time 
visiting San Diego and San Fran and I like San Francisco as a city I bought myself a 49ers towel because I needed a towel for the beach and I said I'm, I'm going to turn myself into a 49ers uh, fan watched across the first game of the season and I couldn't do it and I went back to the LA Chargers which I still hate the LA bit um, but look since they've moved to the new stadium it feels a bit different since Justin Herbert's come on the team it feels like a, a more connection the end of the Rivers era for someone that was a massive Phil Rivers fan it just fell stale and it is a bit exciting now Keenan Allen burst in the scene towards the end of that Phil Rivers era and it, it's it's an exciting team to watch now and I'm back in love with the Chargers but there was that period when they moved to LA that I just found that so fake um, that San Diego didn't fight for the Chargers the Chargers just left four hours up the road you know it's a, it's a long old motorway that um, from LA to San Diego so yeah that's how I ended up with the Chargers it, they've been the bane of my life as you can probably tell um, I do like switching off in the summer from them because when it comes to September it's just relentless stuff and Sunday evening but, uh, no I, I enjoy every bit of it to be fair I'm a sports fan it's nearly better right Dublin GA when Dublin GA were losing it was nearly better crack following the dubs so when they finally got there don't get me wrong it's great and it's great watching them in the finals but it was nearly better watch them on the journey more so than the goal itself and I think uh, that's the same with the Chargers I'm thoroughly enjoying watching them break my heart every year I'll throw a few things back to you there so you made some great points uh, the Philip Rivers team for me it didn't help but the fact that they were playing that one year in the MNS stadium like it was yeah. a bit of a joke since he was away fans it was poor for him to finish in that way um, I was in well, it was Qualcomm Stadium, and I'm not really sure how old I am. I watched a baseball game in that stadium, and it was actually called Jack Murphy Stadium back then, in 1993. My God. Like, we were in this stage. Four, 94. <laughs> I was 15, and so we had a lot of holidays out the States. My mom's family, uh, originally from Canberra, moved out there, and we did a lot of touring around the States, and we were in San Diego, and... Uh, yeah, my friend brought me to a baseball game there, but we got the tour of the stage when over us. Got the tour of the stage, Van Over stage. But yeah, it was it was San Diego Chargers back yeah. then. Um, it, it, it was known as the it was known as a concrete bowl, or that was the sort yeah, of yeah, yeah. and people were like, "You're not going all the way out there to the that kit." That was what people were yeah, saying. I, I got there, it was, yeah, I got there. It was grand, like compared to the stadiums we know and some of the GA stadiums I've been to. But uh, good. the government yeah. informed the stadium ultimately that's what cost them in the end because they, they moved down yeah. the hours. They, really... they wanted to move in the city. They they were showing me the spot and the location. So at the time, I was highly emotional in twenty seventeen. Going, why can't we build it here? Let's knock the next <laughs> the building down. But the decision was already made. And then for the for the, for the Premiership on on a Sunday, yeah, the, the problem was it used to be well, it was a good problem. They used to fit, play at four o'clock. So like smack bang fight six the game would end in three as well. Perfect. Then they went to these half hour games. Sure. Nowadays Premiership matches are on here, there, and everywhere. Yeah, nearly hundred minutes. And the worst the worst part is, Brian, like that is nine times out of ten in fairness to Sky, it is the best game of the weekend, like Liverpool United the last weekend. There will be Arsenal City games at four thirty now. I know we're not clashing with the season, but especially the early part of the season, yeah, it is frustrating. So you're kind of making decisions because I, I find it hard to, to double screen a lot. That's the trick is to just turn off your phone or leave the phone there and watch Red Sour from half six without knowing and then you quickly get up to speed. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, yeah. We we start the show in chat room, we'll end, we'll end the show in chat room. Um, what's the uh, what's the Daniel Hussey background next? It depends what you're looking for. Like if you're looking for so no short price. Yeah, short price. Never days, whatever. Yeah. On that market. Yeah, who was I looking at? I think a Perry passed for the Ballymore um not just like I was so impressed with him. I, I was so so funny. I missed his last race. I was I was missed the first race of me, which was Imperial Pass. So I'm walking. I saw him pass the line, but watching the back, very impressive, visually impressive. But it was more so the vibes of Challenge Preview Nights, how well they think this horse is running. 
he'd be one that I'd be looking at. And then one at a price, um, just for day one on the Ultima, um, I can't really get away from Cork Rambler. He won the race last year. Uh, Ultima winners have a good record if they've ran previously, let alone win them. So um, he's only six pounds higher, I think, and it, he, everything went wrong last year and he still bolted up. So uh, they'd be a couple to keep an eye on, yeah. But uh, plenty more on my Twitter feed throughout the week. Of. Yeah, just going to close out there saying, yeah, for people who have a vested interest in the horse racing next week, obviously just like to have the casual bet during Cheltenham because most people try to put a few quid on during Cheltenham week. Check out your, your Twitter page there. We'll uh, hopefully see some winners uh, throughout the course yeah. of the week. And uh, look, enjoy the week. I know it's a mad week for you. I know you're working yourself, but still, it's still a great time of the year for horse racing fans. Uh, appreciate that coming on today and hopefully we'll have you again further down the line near, near the new season. Thanks for having me, Brent.